I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. Right here, right now, there is no other place I want to be. Right here, right now, watching the world wake up from history. Big things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back. They're not getting walked back. It made it sound like, just in the last couple days, uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon, and it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia, and we know... None of the three occurred. None of the three occurred? None of the three. But the Ukrainian people, Ukrainian people have a lot of backbone. They have a lot of guts, and I'm sure you're observing it. And I don't mean just the military, which is we've been trained in since back when they, uh, Russia moved into uh, in, in the southeast, southeast um, Ukraine. But also the average citizen. Look at how they're stepping up. Look at how they're stepping up. And you're going to see when you're there, and you've, some of you have been there, and we know none of the three occurred. Weapons could, if chemical weapons were used in Ukraine, would that trigger a military response from NATO? It would. Re it would trigger a response in kind. And we know none of the three occurred. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. And we know none of the three occurred. is in a crucial stage It's not because of foreign wars we wage It's more to do with the colors blue and red Too many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people trying to cross the border And politicians build a new world order too many minds are convinced they should be led I've got to be free The way God made men And I won't be ruled by the damn UN Taking your right to self-defense They say you're safer but they don't make sense Dangerous ones will not turn into guns Always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real help pay. I've gotta be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn duet.
goddamn UN. Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing. With all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Roan County, Tennessee, and uh, certainly enjoying being uh, in East Tennessee despite uh, the fact that Mother Nature is still giving us quite the wild ride for early spring weather. I just don't know what else to do, but... Bring an umbrella, bring a heavy coat, bring a light jacket, and uh, you know, bring some shorts and a t-shirt. Because right now, this is a time of year where you may very well get all three in the same day. But hey, uh, gotta love it. All right, uh, lots of stuff going on, and uh, sometimes a day like today, it's almost difficult to uh, decide what all to talk about with so many things ongoing. Uh, You've got uh, the UK deciding to not allow a transgender female, a.k.a. biological male, from participating in a a cyclist competition for women, uh, mostly because uh, the women threatened to boycott. Now, of course, the officials there are claiming uh, the biggest primary reason is because technically the transgendered female uh, is still technically registered as a male uh, cyclist. Uh, therefore, all the paperwork wasn't in order. Now, that's a cop-out, and it's an excuse, and they don't have to take a stand that way. But the truth of the matter is, enough of the female cyclists that were going to be the draws to the competition, we're going to allow these people to uh, draw in a crowd, a fan base, the thing that allows them to make the little bit of money that they make, uh, well, they were all going to stay home if they allowed the guy to uh, do this. So, uh, hey, maybe, maybe some athletes here in the United States will figure out that that is, in fact, the winning strategy. You know, if the NCAA is going to continue to allow biological males to compete against females, uh, then the best thing to do is for all the top female athletes to just say, nope, just don't do it. And I know it's it's not fair, but you got to take a stand, ladies. The NCAA, for example, really good example in this case, they're not going to, to just not put on a competition. And the fan base is going to tune out if they put the sub-standard athletes out there as the primary competition. Because if you've got, oh, I don't know, let's say just as a wild example, don't know when this might ever happen, but let's say that you have uh, somebody named Leah Thomas, for example, that's uh, swimming, who happens to be a biological male. And this Leah Thomas, purely hypothetical, is out here just blowing away competition you know, winning by 10 seconds or more in some of these competitions. And as you well know, in a race, especially this type of race, uh, five seconds is a lifetime. But let's say they're doing that against the best competition. Uh, How much of a blowout do you think that would be against, I don't know, let's say the best folks that showed up were third or fourth tier folks, people that typically wouldn't even get to go to the competition. Now, if they allow them to participate, they let you set out, they go ahead and move forward with it because they think they're going to teach you a lesson, well, guess what's going to happen? They're already low 
uh, fan base is going to tune out. And, you know, it's, it's not fair that in a multitude of occasions that there's such a small fan base for women's athletics, particularly in professional and collegiate levels. You know, there are certain teams and certain sports that do exceptionally well and have a very strong fan base, a very passionate one. Uh, being right here in East Tennessee, the Lady Vols, for the longest time uh, in women's basketball, one of the most dominant teams uh, in the NCAA for a very long time. And, and they're still one of the uh, top-tier programs. They're just not as dominant as they once were. But the fan base is still extremely loyal here. They earn that loyalty by virtue of being so dominant at one point in time. Now, that's an exception. It is not the rule. If you are outside of the East Tennessee area, you probably don't give a flip what the lady basketball balls are doing unless they happen to be coming to your town and maybe going to beat up on your team. But, uh, see, it still doesn't matter. If you want to make the point, you're going to have to stand firm. And, yes, it is totally unfair that you may have to give up pursuing one of your goals, one of your dreams, in an effort to reestablish fairness especially when that fairness may not be reestablished until after you pass, until after you've graduated and moved on, until you're no longer active in that sport. But it still will be something positive for the folks coming up behind you, and maybe that's more important right now. Now, of course, if you still just want to compete and get beat by guys, uh, by all means, ladies, uh, continue, show up, whatever. Uh, that's up to you. But if you want to even the playing field again so that you're going up against other biological women, it may come down to just that. There's only so much that parents and um, non-mainstream media like me, uh, there's only so much we can do. We're, we're doing what we can, and it's not much. You guys, the actual competitors, the athletes, you're the ones who are going to be able to step up. And we saw that example. Uh, we've also uh, seen a lot of talk for the last couple of days about Elon Musk. You know, we talked a little bit about the possibility of Elon starting a new uh, platform to challenge Twitter. Well, since we got together last and talked about that, Elon Musk became the single largest individual stockholder in Twitter. Went out and bought a lot of Twitter stock. Uh, evidently, he's going to get put on the board of directors. He's been very vocal about his desire to reestablish free speech on the platform. We'll see what happens. I think there's a lot of interest uh, in this story just because, once again, Elon Musk is, uh, despite having been born uh, outside of the United States, he's came here, he's been an entrepreneur, He's someone that I've been critical of myself in both my writings and here on the show. By virtue of risking very little of his own money in some of his more expensive ventures, he manages to keep getting our federal government to give him grants and tons of taxpayer dollars to take the risk with uh, very little reward being shown back. But uh, despite all that, he continues to be a very eccentric individual, but somebody that is championing the actual spirit of what the American spirit should be. He's pro-free speech. He's pro-individual uh, entrepreneurial business. He's very much pro all the things that made America great in the first place and could continue 
to make America great if it was allowed to uh, be the uh, rule of the day, if you would. Outside of that, uh, what do you say we jump into some primary topics? Because this first topic is one I think that we have not focused enough on as of late, and that is our southern border. Uh, Things are about to get a whole lot worse at our southern border because this Title 42 rule is about to be rescinded. Now, the Title 42, in case you've been hiding under a rock somewhere and uh, the way things have been going recently, I wouldn't blame you. Find yourself a nice deep uh, cave. Take you some of uh, several, several years' worth of your My Patriot Supply food with you. Take a few blue coolers loaded up with ice, whatever else you might need to take with you some built bars, uh, take some of your stuff from Fire and Flavor, all these things that, oh, by the way, you can visit tapintothetruth.com, that's T-A-P-P, intothetruth.com, scroll down past the recent guest, and uh, you can see all kinds of buttons and banners, and you can click on all those and and just load up with a lot of great stuff. (laughs) Just uh, recommending you to check it out. Uh, You probably should be doing these things. I wouldn't blame you. I've been half tempted to do it myself, but... Officials are now bracing for an estimated 18,000 migrants, illegal border-crossing migrants, a day. A day. We were warned ahead of time because right now with Title 42 in place, they're still seeing somewhere around 8,000 a day that they're actually uh, catching and interacting with and then Uh, a majority of which they're able to turn around immediately. They don't have to do the normal processing by virtue of saying, well, uh, we don't know if you have COVID. You don't have any records of having uh, been vaccinated. You know, all these things, all the hoops they expect us, the the citizens, to jump through in in order to even travel or to have a life of any kind, to occasionally leave our homes, particularly if you're in a blue state. Uh, Yeah, now that they put a little bit of that auspice on to the illegal border-crossing migrants. One of the first things that Biden wanted to do, he, he tried to end Remain in Mexico right off the bat until a court said, no, sorry, you can't just up and end it. Now they want to let uh, Title 42 uh, go away. They're about to rescind it. And what's amazing there is we still have Dr. Anthony Fauci, you know, the second greatest doctor of all time, right behind Dr. Joe Biden, uh, out here telling everybody that we may have to mask up and and get uh, quadruple vaccination shots and boosters and and everything else we have to do at the drop of a hat because COVID is still there. And we now have uh, three different sub-variants of the Omicron. And, of course, the symptoms and the reactions and impact on people's health are just as eh, as for the original Omicron, so much so that they're still calling these subvariants a stealth COVID. It's like, well, if, if it's so stealthy that you may not ever know you've had it, uh, how bad could it be? How dangerous could it be? This is one that's not even negatively affecting those at-risk groups to the same levels that the earlier variants of COVID were doing. So we're being told we may have to jump through all these hoops and have all these crazy things happen because, you know, uh, Fauci's Fauci and uh, Democratic politicians that are 
political leftist. They like control more so than they like people. In fact, they hate most of us. They've made that pretty clear. I mean, they can set back and say they don't. A few of them may not, but most of them kind of do. We're, we're taking up their space. We're, we're breathing their air. We're eating their food, or at least some of us are. With the way prices are going and the availability of it, uh, not as much as we used to, that's for sure. It's also why they like the idea of having gas prices up to $20 a gallon. Uh, I'm looking at you, Shannon Sharp. Uh, because uh, if they do that, then we'll stop using their fuel so they can get around a lot easier. It's absolutely nuts. But anyway, a group of House Republicans, led by Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, well, they had a, held a press conference this past Monday, you know, using the usual bit, blasting Joe Biden and, of course, Biden's handling of the southern border. And they warned that the situation could get worse after Title 42, the public health-related immigration provision that allows expedited deportation of migrants who enter the country. Well, it's officially set to end on May 23rd, just FYI, in case you hadn't heard. So McCarthy and company, they're doing the usual rigmarole. Hey, Biden's terrible, Biden's terrible, and uh, guess what? Uh, the border's about to get a lot worse. Now, Republican members of Congress told reporters uh, that the immigration crisis at the border is already a national security issue, and it's one that is emboldening uh, transnational drug cartels while making every county a border county. McCarthy also revealed that when he and a group of GOP colleagues previously visited the border, illegal migrants told them that they were coming across precisely because of Joe Biden's words. Many Republicans, including McCarthy, blame the deluge of illegal aliens on Biden directly, in part for undoing border measures that were instituted by the orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist. Yes, former President of the United States, Donald John Trump. During a question and answer session, McCarthy explained that the border crisis goes down to the foundation of your nation. It goes down to the security of your nation. It goes down to the human trafficking. It goes down to fentanyl. There are so many elements to hear. And you listen to a president. He said he wants a secure border. You guys remember that? Back at the, the State of the Union address where he said fund the police and he wants to secure the border? Yeah, Biden said that. Maybe that was an audio clip I should get and put up here. I been getting more audio clips and kind of having some fun with putting them together here lately. Maybe I should uh, get that one just so we can remind everybody that Biden did say he wants a secure border, you know, to prove that he's lying, just like he's lying about having been a truck driver, although he seems to have a great memory because uh, now he had a conversation with a tr the only female trucker he knew, Big Mama, which, by the way, is evidently a trucker handle and not a Martin Lawrence movie. You understand my confusion. Uh, yeah, okay, so Joe Biden's going to be Joe Biden. But he said, did you listen to a president? He said he wants a secure border. 
So much that he put his vice president in charge. Ooh, big move. You listen to a president who's only been to it one time. A president has been in office more than 42 years. Obviously not always as president, but he's spent a lot of time in the Senate. Been in D.C. for pretty much half a century at this point. Anyway, this president has been in office for more than 42 years, and the closest I've ever found that he came to the southern border was in a car driving by El Paso. <laughs> now, of course, this is still McCarthy talking. In a concern that numerous times from both sides of the aisle has asked this president to engage about the concerns of the border— just his language. In our very first time down to the border last year, there's a line of individuals there. And we ask him, why did they come in? How many days did it take them? They had been walking for more than 18 days. We asked them, and they said, because Joe Biden invited us. That's what they believed based on Biden's language. That was right after the inaugural. Now, again, McCarthy, he can start, uh, he, he continued to comment about Biden and saying that he can start by saying, don't come. Which, by the way, he's offered up a very, a very fake don't come, don't come statement. But the problem is we all know that it's fake problem is we know that there are organizations that are based in this country that are operating in the triangle, as they like to call it, that are training these people and helping put them in touch with coyotes in some cases. Now, they don't get too directly involved with that, and that's a good thing because if they did, they could also be equally charged with human trafficking, and they probably should be anyway. As loose as the interpretation of some of the laws that these folks want to apply against conservatives, if we were to do the same thing against some of their folks, I don't see how any of them stay out of prison. But, yeah, that's another story, too. He can start by saying, don't come. He can start by using every avenue to secure the border. But on his very first day, he stopped the securing of the border by stopping the building of the wall. Quoting here again, the only reason you still have remained in Mexico is that a court told him to do it, but there's not uh, a case where they're not really upholding it. How many people do you think are going to be at the border next month? How many people do you think are already coming to the border knowing that the day May 23rd is coming? This is, well, the whole time that uh, former U.S. Border Patrol Chief Rodney Scott, he said in an interview, I believe it was with the Daily Wire, uh, saying that America is going to see a tsunami of illegal aliens in the U.S. that will keep coming and coming and coming once Title 42 is gone. And I got no reason not to believe it. In fact, I think failing to believe this would be a really bad idea. We've seen it from the minute 
the very minute that the results of the uh, installation was announced, I'm still going to keep referring to that because I, I don't care who else says what about who be whaty, what's it. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to just have to insist that Joe Biden did not actually win the election, that there were shenanigans, that there were big time shenanigans. Now, of course, there wasn't widespread voter fraud, but no, there was significant voter fraud at small levels, in key locations, at specific times, just enough to determine the outcome in a few key states as the election was on the line, as the electoral count was on the line. For anybody who has eyes to see and who's bothered to pay attention, it's pretty obvious that that's the case. doesn't matter what anybody's going to tell you. There's going to be lots and lots of people that are going to say, uh, even pretty solid conservatives, folks that I typically generally uh, trust as good sources of information and uh, look up to uh, general purposes, but they're going to tell you that there wasn't widespread voter fraud, or at least there's not evidence of it. Say if you look around, there's plenty of evidence of voter fraud that took place. Perhaps not widespread, but you can make statements like that when you uh, focus very specifically on how you define voter fraud. Were there fraudulent votes put into the system in lots of places? No, but there were a lot of fraudulent votes put in place to be counted in specific locations that had huge impacts on the outcome. So, again, anyway, what are we going to have happen? If you think it's bad now, how much worse is it going to be when now all of a sudden we're competing with a whole new level of illegals? I mean, and just think about the math. I don't know if this is meant to be just a scary estimate or if this is a well-thought-out uh, based on uh, experience and based on uh, modeling numbers. I mean, it, the, the model still has to be better than the global warming models, right? I mean, it, it has to be. Those models are terrible. Climate change models offered up. Uh, the Earth should have ended by now, or at least pretty close to it. Just barely hanging on, which some folks would still try to tell you that we are just barely hanging on. And, you know, I'm looking around. I'm not seeing barely hanging on. I, I'm seeing plenty of reason to be concerned. But I'm also seeing a very resilient planet that can handle a lot and that we're not having the impact that a lot of folks think we are. Now, naturally, for most people, that's just another way to try to control us. We know that. We've talked about it. But let's get back to our southern border. Let me not slide down the primrose path here and lose my track. For far too long in this country, the political left here has tried to give a set of rights to non-citizens that they do not want citizens to have. They'll even go so far as to refer to them as natural rights, even though we currently have a Supreme Court 
justice nominee who refuses to state that she has a stand on the very notion of natural rights. Tell me how dangerous that is. Yeah, I'm going to sit on the Supreme Court, says Judge Jackson, and I'm going to be really soft on child pornography crimes, and I'm going to be really soft on criminals in general, and I'm going to be really soft on the idea that I should have to define what a woman is, uh, which I can't, uh, even though there are a multitude of laws that I very well may need to refer to that has a specific legal definition for what a woman is. How am I supposed to protect women's rights if I can't define what a woman is? She knows. We know she knows. Doesn't matter. What does matter is she's a leftist activist, and we know that she is. But now she's going to say she doesn't have a stand on the very notion of natural law. Uh, how do you get out of law school without having an opinion on the idea, on the concept of natural law? How do you get out of law school in the United States of America without understanding the precepts and the fundamental notion that so much of our judicial system is based on? Nah, okay, so here I am. I'm, I'm trying to slide off topic again. See, the border is something we've been talking about for so long now that it's not a very sexy topic anymore. It's not even on the forefront, even with us facing this tsunami of illegal, illegal. I was going to say illicit and decided at the last second to say illegal, and so it's illegal. The tsunami of illegal migrants coming across our border. And the worst part is, Almost none of them are Mexican now. There's a high percentage from Guatemala. There's a high percentage from Honduras. And then we literally see people from every other part of the world slipping across the southern border. Why is it that Democrats in this country want to destroy this country? And make no mistake about it, anytime they're talking soft about the border, anytime they're talking about how these migrants have the right to move freely from one point to another, it is an effort to either A, destroy the concept of sovereignty of nation, which is a big thing for the globalist, or it's because they have criminal activity in mind. They're supporting the movement of fentanyl into the United States. They're supporting human trafficking despite the high number of injury slash death that occurs through the human trafficking, despite the high number of people who get here and essentially become slaves to whomever receives them until they can pay off their debt for having been brought here. I mean, it's not a very pretty picture. It's not like, okay, we sneak across the border, then we say, hey, uh, we would like to be considered for, uh, we'd like to be considered for, uh, uh, you know, uh, we, we, we're being prosecuted back home. We, we, we need protection. We need sanctuary. Uh, you, you, can, you can provide that for us, right? When they get caught somewhere other than a legal entry point, I will remind you, in, in case you need to be reminded, and I'm assuming the overwhelming majority of people that typically listen to this show don't need to be, but on the off chance that someone knew listening, someone took a chance, 
somebody who may be uh, right at center or maybe slightly left of center is like, okay, what's this tap guy talking about? I'd like to remind you that the law says that we cannot offer any type of concession involving protections from from persecution unless you enter through a legal port of entry. If you don't come here through a legal point of entry, you can't ask for any level of legal protection. It doesn't matter if your persecution is actually legitimate. There should not be a hearing. There should not be this effort that's been established by the left to sit here and say, well, these folks, they came here needing uh, to, to be safe. So, well, maybe they need to fix things at home. Yeah, easy for me to say, right? Well, you know what? Americans, we've done the hard work here. We fought our wars a while back to make sure that we had something here worth having. And most of these people are coming from places that have lots of natural resources, that have the potential to be wealthy nations. Now, a lot of them are not wealthy nations because of how their government has a great deal of corruption and several of them embrace some level of socialism. But hey, we're not allowed to actually point out that's the reason for the corruption, are we? No, 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 we can't do that. I I have no problems. I, I know some people who do uh, think that we need to have a moratorium on uh, uh, people entering the country for a while, especially anybody that's uh, planning on staying. Uh I get their point, and I don't necessarily disagree with them that a cooling down period and a a readjustment period for our economy and to get uh, our census back in line and to let people kind of adjust to the new culture as it, um, you know, as it normalizes, I guess is a good word. I get their arguments. I don't necessarily disagree with them. But I'm not somebody who has a problem with immigrants coming here. I want immigrants, though, not migrants. There's a difference. Well, Tim, what's the difference? Well, a migrant is someone who's just moving from place to place. An immigrant is actually illegal status. To call somebody an illegal immigrant is an oxymoron, and it's not appropriate. To call them illegal aliens, it's a binding in a wholly appropriate legal term, but the leftists get all crazy. Oh, you're, you're calling them an alien. You, you're just trying to other them. Well, first of all, they are a other. They are other than American citizens. If you got a problem being othered, come here the right way. We got plenty of work programs if you don't want to become a citizen, but I'm okay with people who want to come here because they want to be an American and are willing to do it the right way, to come in and be legally involved, even if it takes a while. Now, if you want to talk about uh, a comprehensive immigration reform that makes it easier for folks that legitimately want to be here, that shortens the amount of time required for them to jump through the hoops they have to jump through, then we can talk about that all day, and you might end up having me on your side. But I do not like the notion and cannot tolerate the idea of people just – Uh, completely and totally disrespecting our laws and coming here because they want what we have, but they don't want to put in the same effort required to have it. 
For the very same reason, I have trouble with a lot of leftists that think they should be able to just sit around and, and get a check from the government. They don't understand how inflation works. They don't understand that the federal government has exactly zero dollars of their own. Every dollar they have, they have to take from us, the earning, productive members of this nation. But then how can they be expected to understand that? They're being told that uh, they can choose what gender they're going to be. And that there's literally an endless number of them that they can choose from. They're being told now, and it's going to be permitted, that uh, when you get your passport, that it's perfectly okay uh, for the gender section to just put an X. Because I'm non-binary. Well, you're non-binary... X, I was about to say a word I probably shouldn't, we'll just say backside, may find yourself in some medical trouble should you encounter medical need and somebody's trying to identify you from your passport. What are we going to do? Well, let's run a blood test. Oh, well, that's too intrusive. We can't assume anything. Well, it's just, it's absurd. This Title 42 seems to be common sense. Even the leftists could understand because guess what? They want to treat us like we have to jump all the, through all of these hoops, every hoop they could think of. We're, we're going to need you to get the vaccine passports. We're going to need you to get 14 boosters, and you're going to have to have proof of it every time to a virus that now has basically burned itself out for the most part, at least here in the United States. But they're the ones who want to push this idea. And here's the fun, fun part, boys and girls. They now want to ignore the very thing that they wanted us to have to do for people that are coming from all over the world, including a lot of countries that still don't have a handle on their COVID, who very well may be bringing in the newest strain or what would be far worse for most of us, one of the older strains that are a little more dangerous could be bringing in a Delta that targets a lot of the uh, older folks. Could be bringing in one of the earlier variants beyond that. The Alphas, the Betas, the stuff that actually was dangerous for our senior citizens. What if they brought some of those back in, reintroduced versions of the COVID that uh, some folks probably should be concerned about if they have uh, half a dozen comorbidities and happen to be over the age of 70. That's a pretty good reason for us to be very careful. I mean, once upon a time in the country, there was a standardized health check before anybody was allowed uh, through the process to come into the country. Period. And what's wrong with that? I, I don't think that that's a problem. There are still companies out here right now that are expecting their employees to continue to, to be boosted. Where they're going to terminate employment for American citizens if they are not, despite the fact that now the CDC is no longer even pushing it. Never mind that if you're in certain blue states, they still want your kids to masked up. Still would prefer that you masked up. Plenty of businesses out there still want you to put a mask on before you walk in their door. All this is still going on, even, even in the free South, which is what I'm going to start calling uh, the southern states and the southwestern states when it comes to COVID stuff. Uh, 
because we opened up a lot sooner and we were a lot better off because of it. I've ran way past the halfway point of the hour, so I'm going to have to take a break soon. Something tells me if I really wanted to, I could fill the full freaking show talking about where we're at with the border. The border is important. We want to remain a sovereign nation, don't we? We need to, don't we? Well, the globalists don't think so. Most of the leftist, uh, political leftists in this country don't think so. Most people with a D at the end of their name don't think so. And they've got a large portion of our population believing that it's only humane to let all these people come in. When in fact, it, in many cases, it's the opposite of humane. Which brings me back around to the, the points I've been making for the better part of a decade now that I've been doing this show when we talk about immigration, and that is to have an open border like we do, we do run the risk of people who want to do bad things to Americans freely getting in and doing those bad things. We run the risk of the cartels being stronger and wealthier and allowing them to go into places like, I don't know, say Phoenix, Arizona, and kidnap people, just for example, just to get the ransom money. We run the risk of, I don't know, something like uh, a dastardly drug like fentanyl being made in China, making its way to Mexico and coming across our border in ridiculously large amounts and killing more people than COVID ever did. We run the risk that the human trafficking continues to grow, not just be an issue, but to grow. And as we continue to run all those risks, it's not just a risk. They're doing nothing to mitigate it, and it's happening, and it's getting worse. But we've become so desensitized to the topic of the southern border, most of us who were even southern border hawks have gotten burned out, We've gotten tired of talking about it. We don't want to talk about it anymore. We've talked and talked and talked and talked till we've turned blue in the face, and still nobody's listening. The Republicans won't step up and stop it, and the Democrats, they don't want a solution. They just want an issue. Because if they'd ever get solved, then that's one less issue they have to run on. And heaven knows they don't have that many that they can openly discuss. They've at least got enough folks in this country brainwashed into believing that it is only the humane thing to do. Jesus would take the jab, and Jesus would want you to bring these migrants into your home, even though you don't know who they are. Somebody who's supposed to be coming from Guatemala uh, perhaps is actually from Afghanistan and uh, part of an ISIS-affiliated group. Yeah, let's bring him into our home. Let's see how long it is before our throats are slit. Everybody wants to talk about the, the war crimes going on in Ukraine. Well, what about the war crimes that are happening on our border? And it is a crime. And some of these people are legitimately at war with us even though clearly we don't recognize that to be the case. So what about that? <sighs> All right, now I'm really running behind. Uh, what do you say we take that break? Stay with me. I'll be right back, and I'll, I'll try not to get too carried away on the next topic. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth.
The United States is now fully engaged in the ultimate battle between civilized sovereigns and brutish burglars. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. About 20 years ago, I concluded the so-called civil rights movement for law-abiding sovereign Americans was replaced with an unofficial but active special rights movement for the variety of low-life evildoers, including thugs, like the legions of students who have been wreaking havoc, harming both people and property in beautiful Miami Beach, Florida, during spring break. And bold liars like Jussie Smollett, who was free after being properly sent to prison, while innocent, non-threatening Christians and patriots continue to rot in the United States gulags in Washington, D.C. and elsewhere for either walking around or inside the U.S. Capitol building. For decades, leftists, both black and white, have been clamoring for the day when criminal cretins would no longer fear the long arm of the law or respect the unalienable rights of others and their property to be left alone. Kind of like big government. But we, the law-abiding sovereigns, will not take this unlawful abuse forever. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, simply go to theronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Mm, not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. What in the hell's diversity? Well, I, I could be wrong, but I believe uh, diversity is an old, old wooden ship that was used during the Civil War era.
righty, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. As late as it was in the hour, I seem to just be trying to wander off the uh, the path there a little bit. And, you know, I'm still not content that I've accurately dealt with this particular issue. It has a lot to do with the fact that our southern border has been wide open and Joe Biden sits here and he lies and he lies and he lies. And we're supposed to just believe him. He tells us that he wants to fund the police, but he doesn't. He just knows that a lot of Democrats in Democratic cities have seen this ridiculous spike in crime. And they've learned the hard way that taking police out of the neighborhoods that need them the most is not a very good idea. He talked about having a strong southern border. But again, it's just because there's a lot of Democrats and a lot of Hispanic Americans living in border states who've had their fill, and they are abandoning the party. They said, that's it. If you're not going, it, why is it that it takes people to be smacked headlong with a freaking two by four right upside the head before they realize, hey, you know what? I think that these policies may not be good for us. It's absurd. It's ridiculous. And it needs to come to an end. Everything this administration is doing has been done with one intention in mind, and that's to destroy our federated constitutional republic, period. Whatever semblance remains of that notion, the idea, the very concept that the Constitution is still the highest law of the land, well, they're trying to destroy us. They have taken every lesson they've learned from Cloward and Piven, and they've put it in action. All right, I've, I've got to talk about this topic a little bit before the end of the hour, and that's our good friend Dick Durbin. Uh, Turbin Durbin is uh, uh, the vaunted, and may he rest in peace, uh, the great uh, Rush Limbaugh often called him. Durbin's pretty upset because he says that Republicans accused Judge Jackson of vile things in front of her family. What? All right, so Senator Durbin claimed this past Monday that some members of the Republican Party had accused Judge Katenji Brown Jackson of vile things during her recent hearing before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Durbin, of course, currently chairs this committee. And he said that the most Republican members had kept their promise not to turn the proceedings into a circus. But he claimed that some had not done so, as in they didn't keep their promise, they let it be a circus. And they had instead made ugly accusations in front of the judge's family. Aww. Quoting uh, now, On the whole, my Republican colleagues started with my ranking member, Senator Grassley, treated the nominee with dignity and respect. They promised not to turn this confirmation process into a court circus, and most kept that promise. Some, however, did not. Instead, they repeatedly interrupted and badgered Judge Jackson and accused her of vile things in front of her parents, her husband, and her children. There was table-pounding, something literal, from a few of my colleagues. They repeated 
discredited claims about Judge Jackson's record. They impugned her motives and questioned her candor. One of all but called her a liar. They even suggested that Judge Jackson, mother of two wonderful daughters, quote, endangers children. Judge Jackson is a better person than me. Well, that's not exactly setting the bar very high, is it there, uh, Senator Durbin? Anyway, back to Gordy. She stayed calm and collected. She showed dignity, grace, and poise. The vile accusations that Durbin was alluding to, of course, all stemmed from a series of questions uh, from several Republicans on the committee about the judge's record. You know, legitimate, straight-up questions. Uh, they basically claimed that there was a pattern of Brown imposing lax sentences on child pornography cases, which is a straight-up legitimate question to ask, especially when you look at the record and see that it's straight-up a legitimate thing that has happened in her past. Now, as some critics were quick to point out on Twitter, Durbin appeared to have all but forgotten the confirmation hearings of a certain Supreme Court justice uh, by the name of Brett Kavanaugh. You know, that confirmation hearing during which Democrats sat on a uncorroborated accusation after. They sat on it until after the committee hearing started and then attempted to blindside the nominee with a second hearing uh, based on that. Now, during the second hearing, in front of his wife and prompting officials to have his young daughters removed from the courtroom, Democrats proceeded to go through Kavanaugh's calendar and high school yearbooks, accusing him of sexual assault, gang rape, all of this despite a lack of evidence showing that his one public accuser had couldn't even prove that she had met him in person. See, the thing is, is it's rules for thee and not for me. We continue to face that every time the left gets to be in charge, which is why they should never be allowed to be in charge. They are not the adults in the room. They're not capable of playing fair, despite fairness is one of their battle cries. The difference here is there was legitimate questioning about Judge Jackson's actual record. And excuse me if I want to call Judge Brown a liar, Judge Kentucky Brown Jackson, I'm Judge Jackson. If I want to call Judge Jackson a liar, I think I've got pretty good grounds when a clip that I played just a minute ago on the air with Marsha Blackburn asking her to define what a woman is, and she said, no, I can't do that. Excuse me? Isn't woman a legal term? Don't we have laws specifically trying to protect women? Don't you have to be able to define a woman? You want to talk about her being a mother of daughters and she doesn't know what a woman is? I'm going to call bovine excrement on that. I'm going to say that's a lot of back guano, and I'm going to say that it's crazy that you think you're going to be able to convince me that she's not flat-out lying and that she honestly believes it takes a biologist to define what a woman is. I'll also remind you that uh, she took a lot of heat from the left in claiming that a biologist was in a position to define what a woman is. 
These people are flat-out nuts. But yes, clearly, it's perfectly okay to go after Justice Kavanaugh on something that, as far as we can tell, was completely made up in the imaginings of a lady who needs psychiatric help. So I don't want to sit here and, and call her names and berate her and be mean to her, although Blase Ford uh, certainly put herself in the position. Although, to be honest, it kind of seems like it was the Democrats on the committee that put Blase Ford into the position to get this national attention that she tried to avoid. That's a little often forgotten fact now. She didn't want to go testify. She made up every excuse. But the Democrats didn't want to let it go. They were willing to come to her just to get her on the record, just so they could attack her. Meanwhile, Alyssa Milano's dry, dressing up like the Handmaid's Tale. Oh, no, we must rise above the circus, although we were thoroughly enjoying the circus. A circus that brought us a Spartacus moment. Yes, Cory Booker is Spartacus. And I am Indigo Mantonia. And I say to Cory Booker, you keep using this name. I do not think you I do not think it means what you think it means. Unconceivable. Uh, yeah. All right, that's gonna have to be it for the first hour. Uh, so if you're listening on Terrestrial Radio, uh, tune in again tomorrow where you will get to hear the second hour of tonight's broadcast. In the meanwhile, remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Hey, Joe. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, let's go. Hey. Listening to tap into the truth. My name's Joe Biden. All of this, as more than half of Americans think President Biden will go down as one of the worst presidents in American history. 
keep forgetting I'm president. Is the president confident Hunter Biden didn't break the law? Of course the president's confident that his son didn't break the law. I'm rough like a freight train, smooth like ice, and yo, just straight up, I think I can beat Mike Tyson. We need some more clarification. Thank you. Thank you very much. I know you're going to ask a really nice question. Well, it's, it's an important question, no, I think. Are you worried? that other leaders in the world are going to start to doubt that America is back if some of these big things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back. What's getting walked back? It made it sound like, just in the last couple days, uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon, and it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia, and we know... None of the three occurred. None of the three occurred? None of the three. Mr. President? You, you interpret the language that way. I was talking to the troops. We we're talking about helping train the troops in that are the, the Ukrainian troops that are in Poland. That's what the context. I sat there with those guys for a couple hours. That's what we talked about. So when you said you're going to see when you're there, you were not intending to I was see referring to with meeting with and talking with the uh, Ukrainian troops who were in Poland. And when you said a chemical weapon use by Russia would trigger a response in kind? It will trigger a significant response. What does that mean? I'm not going to tell you. Why would I tell you? you got to be silly. The world wants to know? The world wants to know a lot of things. I'm not telling them what the response would be. Then, then Russia knows the response. One of the things I, I saw yesterday... You know, we signed the, the Parents' Rights in Education bill. It's interesting when, like, a Disney-owned ABC would put that out on tweet. They'd say, Governor DeSantis signs bill to prohibit uh, instruction in sexual identity and gender identity in some grades. Some grades. Why would they say some grades instead of K through three? It's just amazing if you're trying to inform the So you saw a lot of this. But then for Disney to come out and put a statement and say, that the bill should have never passed and that they are going to actively work to repeal it, I think, one, was fundamentally dishonest, but, two, I think that crossed the line. This state is governed by the interests of the people of the state of Florida. It is not based on the demands of California corporate executives. They do not run this state. They do not control this state. I also thought it was interesting I talked to the Speaker of the House yesterday afternoon, and he said Disney never called him while they were putting this through the House. They didn't seem to have a problem with it when it was going through. If this was such an affront, why weren't they speaking up at the outset? And yet they won't. And then for them to say they're going to actively work to repeal substantive protections for parents as a company that is supposedly marketing its services to parents with young children, uh, I think they crossed the line. And, you know, people ask me, you know, kind of about, you know, their posture on the bill. I said, you know what? If we would have put in the bill that you were not allowed to have curriculum that discussed the oppression of the Uyghurs in China, Disney would have endorsed that in a second. And that's the hypocrisy of this. And, um, you know, we're going to make sure we're fighting back when people are threatening our parents and threatening our kids.
say is in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people trying to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've gotta be free the way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damn UN. Taking your right to self-defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns. Always ask more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I gotta be free the way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damn. of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever-so-humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic and lovely Roan County, Tennessee. Uh, for those of you who need a little direction, you're trying to get some orientation here, we're not too far away from Knoxville, if that helps you at all. All right, so, uh, you know, here we are. This is, uh, for those of you that are listening to the rebroadcast on terrestrial radio stations across the country, stations like KYAH 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority, just as an example, Uh, for your benefit, time of the actual broadcast, as I'm sitting here behind this microphone, happens to be April 5th, 2022. That way, if any of this... You're, you're listening uh, at least a couple of days after the broadcast, and you're wondering why I'm not talking about the, the hottest news story that has broke since then. Well, that's why. But rest assured, I will be talking about that uh, in the very near future. <laughs> okay. So uh, with that being said, I, I got going uh, back in the first hour tonight to the point that I didn't even mention uh, the places I would like for you to go visit. Now, I did kind of pop off just the offhand off the cuff thing saying you should come visit me at tapintothetruth.com that's t-a-p-p into the truth all one word dot com and then you can scroll down past the recent guest and you can see all kinds of 
buttons and banners that you can click on, and that works. But I did intend to mention one in particular, and I did mention it. Uh, if you're anything like me, you probably could stand to be a little healthier. Now, if you're already super healthy, uh, then you probably are constantly looking for something that helps you to stay healthy. And here's the really hard part for me in getting healthier. I've got a heck of a sweet tooth. Can't help myself. And if you also have a sweet tooth, then guess what? I think I may have a solution for both of us. It's, believe it or not, a candy bar. Uh, it's a great candy bar. Uh, they still call it a protein bar. But you know what? I'm not buying it. It doesn't taste like it. Now, according to all the nutritional information, and I've got to the point where I'm just about ready to send some of these off to a lab to have them independently tested on my own to see if their claims are correct. Because they just taste too good for it to be true. I'm talking about Built Bar, of course. Uh, if you would uh, check the link in the show description, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, just copy the entire link. Uh, if all of it is live, then you can just click it. If only part of it is live, then just please copy the whole thing. And then paste it to your web browser and go visit. That way, not only will you get to see everything that Built Bar's got going on right now, but you'll also be able to let them know I'm the one that sent you. That way, if you do decide to make a purchase there, it goes from being a win-win to a win-win-win. Because not only do they get a brand new loyal customer in you, because I promise you, you get a... Uh, your hands on these built bars you're going to order more but you get a great product that's actually good for you but you can't tell from the taste i mean freaking protein bars they, they taste bad not these but then there's also that extra that third win where you get to help support the show because i get a tiny little commission for whatever sells. So uh, that's why I'm asking. And if you're listening on terrestrial radio, you don't have the show description in front of you for some reason, or if you're just thinking back where you listened to the podcast earlier today and then you're sitting in front of your computer and you're thinking, you know, maybe maybe I should go check out uh, Bill Parr. How do I do that? Well, then come visit me at tapintothetruth.com. Uh, like I said back in the first hour, scroll down past the recent guest section on the homepage. And uh, hit one of the Built Bar banners that you'll see uh, prominently displayed. Click on one of those, and it works just the same. They will know I sent you. And we go from win-win to win-win-win. So, you know, it's nice that we all can get a W, myself included. So I'm just sending you there. Also failed to mention uh, The Woking Dead, A.J. Rice's brand-new book that is scheduled to be, to be released. I swear English is my first language. At the end of July. We'll be having a drawing to give away free copies of uh, The Woking Dead. But I will include a link in the show description, uh, which you also can go to the website, uh, tapintothetruth.com as well. Uh, one of the very first uh, rotating buttons you'll see is an Amazon rotating button. You can click on that. It will take you to the, uh, the pre-order page. So at the very least, you can read about what the book is and decide if this is indeed something you will want to have in your library. And I promise you, if you're uh, someone that enjoys pop culture and enjoys uh, conservative thought, you're going to want this book in your library, I promise. So you may be tempted to go ahead and pre-order your own copy. Uh, after all, not everybody's going to win a free copy. 
Uh, but if you would like to win a free copy, here's how you are going to be able to do this. You must go to one of the uh, social media platforms for which either this show or me personally have an account. That includes places like Facebook, Twitter, uh, Gitter, uh, Parler, uh, Spreely, Gab, um, CloudHub, uh, MeWe, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Minds.com, uh, and a few others. I will have a complete list when I start to... I'll put, I will post a complete list somewhere so because you can post multiple times uh, a day, but you must post on different platforms if you're going to. And here's what else you can do. You can either post the same link in its entirety that I will put in the show descriptions for the pre-order of the book, or... You can post links to this show. You can post links uh, from Spreaker. You can post links from uh, iHeartRadio, from Spotify, from wherever you listen to the podcast. Uh, just however you would prefer to do it. But here's what I'm going to need you to do in order for it to count. All right? I need you to, when you share these links... Tag me, which means if you're uh, on Twitter and you're uh, tagging the Tap Into the Truth show page, then go for it. Or you can tag me as Tim Tap personally. Either one, I'm going to be monitoring both. But no matter what social media site you're on, tag me in it and make sure you mention the A.J. Rice book and that you mention where you listen to the show. The idea here is to promote the book, to promote the show, and to give me an idea of where you're listening at so that I know what category all your efforts should go into when I go in and count. Because every time you make a post, which you can post one time a day on the various platforms, all right, one time a day on Facebook, one time a day on Twitter, one time a day, whatever, but you can go to all the different platforms. The more of them you go to, the more interactions you have with your posts, the more opportunities you have, the higher your number of chances of being drawn as a winner for these books will go. And I do want to specifically have winners from the last frequency, specifically have winners from KYAH, want to specifically have winners from Spotify and from iHeart and from pod chaser and wherever you get your podcast from if you're one of the top six podcast platforms at the time of the drawing which will be uh, right about the very beginning of august because the book's not going to be available much before then i'm not going to have them in hand to start sending them out till then anyway so that gives you a little extra time you will have that uh, there available and those of you that have the most impact and help bring in more listeners to the shows on the various platforms, you increase the odds of you being a winner. All right? Free copy of the book. That How, how great would that be? Like I said, check the link out. And uh, I would highly encourage you. Know, I mean, there's only going to be 
so many winners, all right? I've only got so many of them that I can give away. I, I worked out the best deal I could with AJ, but there's still a limited number. So follow the link. Go check out the pre-order page at Amazon, and maybe you decide that you want to guarantee that you have one. Go ahead and pre-order. Pre-order a book, because then the worst-case scenario is you might end up with two. Now, if you don't want to pre-order, but you really want to try to win one, go for that, too. That's fine. But I like the idea of folks pre-ordering because that tells Amazon that those are the kind of books that you want. It sends a message to the political left in this country. It sends a message to the mainstream legacy media, and it sends a message to Amazon itself. A message that they all could stand to hear from each and every one of you. So with that having been said, I hope you guys will participate. We'll join in the fun of trying to help uh, promote the show, help promote the book, and, uh, you know, help promote the platform you're listening on because that's kind of the deal here. So let folks know. Say it loud and proud. I will be my – but if you don't tag me in it, I can't see you <laughs> – so that's going to be the easiest way for me to tabulate. So you got to make sure that I am tagged. And if you have any questions, if you're on one of these platforms, if you're on Clout Hub, if you're on Parlor, and you're not sure that that's me, uh, you should be able to tell because the photos that I have for the profile are pretty obvious. But uh, if you're somewhere like we're uh, Facebook, where sometimes the pictures aren't identical, uh, just um, just verify. You can reach out to me as well. All right. Uh, you can send me a message through the website if you need to. Uh, you can uh, go to tapintothetruth.com, scroll down near the bottom, and you can send me a message. I, I will be checking those way more frequently than I have in the past while the contest is going. But we are active now. You can start. Uh, in fact, you can have already started if you want to get into it. And I look forward to seeing a lot of folks tagging me and seeing the, the level of interactions and the, how well you help spread this stuff. And, and hopefully you guys will get excited and get into it. All right. With all that being said, uh, as a reminder, once again, this is the second hour of a two-hour program. And uh, let's, let's jump into the action. We've heard from Nancy Mimi Pelosi that uh, she doesn't like the idea of a tax holiday when it comes to gasoline. Part of the problem there is, of course, that I've yet to meet a Democrat that likes the idea of suspending a tax. They don't want to suspend the tax. They don't want to lower the tax. They want to find any other excuse they can to help raise the taxes as necessary so they'll find ways to spend more taxpayer dollars. So this notion has also been thrown up by some Democrats of giving uh, citizens a taxpayer-funded gas card. Well, we're not seeing it at the national level yet, but guess what, boys and girls? If you happen to live in the city of Chicago, well, you may be getting a taxpayer-funded gas card very soon. So as of late March... Various uh, platforms and news outlets have been talking about how Democrats kind of shot down a White House idea to send gas cards to the American people, at least at the national level. The scheme involved doling out prepaid debit cards to certain Americans so that they could use the card to, to pay for fuel amid rising energy costs. Now, 
obviously, they don't want to drill. They don't want to sell leases in areas that can be developed and increase and maybe even restore our energy independence. No, no, no. They don't want to do that. But hey, we'll, we'll send out more taxpayer-funded cards. So simply put, some Democrats at the federal level feared that the idea would never work for a variety of reasons, and so it was shelved, although there was a push for it there for a bit. On this past Saturday, however, it's been reported that Chicago's mayor, Miss Lori Lightfoot, uh, also winner three years in a row of the Beetlejuice Lookalike Contest, well, uh, Miss Lightfoot was presented with a similar idea. And starting very, very soon, the city of Chicago will indeed be sending gas cards and public transit cards loaded with money to impoverished populations in the city to supposedly help fight inflation and high gas prices. Except that's not how inflation works. More government spending on the taxpayer dole is going to increase inflation. And, you know, I don't know if Lori Lightfoot is one of the folks that actually understands that and is actively working to try and make things worse, or if she just doesn't know any better. Uh, you got a 50-50 shot. So if any of you guys happen to know Lori Lightfoot personally and know her well enough to know which side that she falls on, uh, which side of that particular coin, uh, too dumb to know better or knows exactly what she's doing and is trying to make things worse, let me know. I'll be happy to let uh, the listeners know what the consensus is. Anyway, uh, last Thursday, Lightfoot's office issued a press release that announced a new program called Chicago Moves, which, of course, is a government-backed initiative that will provide $12.5 million in relief funding for not all Chicagoans, but disadvantaged Chicagoans. Uh, quoting here, the program will be comprised of $7.5 million earmarked for $150 physical prepaid cards eligible for redemption at local Chicago gas stations, as well as $5 million earmarked for $50 prepaid cards eligible for use on public transit. This was in the press release. Still quoting here, this time from Lightfoot herself, the last two years have been exceedingly difficult for many of our residents, in particular our most vulnerable populations. Though the pandemic has been hard on us, as we've struggled to get through it, we have collectively faced tragedy. And... Many among us have faced accompanying economic hardship. Now, as inflation steadily rises and the cost of gas continues to soar, no mention of why, I notice, continues to soar, our disadvantaged residents are carrying a significant financial burden. Ah, uh, Lori, she's really got her finger on the pulse of Chicago, doesn't she? So now the press release gave a few more details as to how the gas cards will work. Uh, this from that press release. 
up to 50,000 physical prepaid cards of $150 will be distributed to eligible residents via a lottery system. Okay, so if you're eligible, you got to get your name in the pot and then completely, totally luck of the draw. So they made a game out of it. Why do I sense a very Mad Max type of... Uh, <laughs> type of result possible here. I, I don't know. These cards, I'm sorry, back to the uh, press release. These cards will be valid for one year after receipt and may only be spent on the cost of fuel at gas stations located within Chicago. Applications are limited to one per household. Beginning in May, cards will be distributed in five successive monthly waves of 10,000 residents. To be eligible for these cards, applicants must be a resident of Chicago, be at least 18 years old, have a current and valid city sticker with correct mailing information for their vehicle, have a household income at or below 140% of the area median income for Chicago. Meaning that, guess what? You don't really have to be that poor. Now, as for the public transit cards, uh, similar rules apply. Uh, to be eligible for those cards, applicants must be residents of Chicago and must have a household income at or below 140% of the area medium income for Chicago. Uh, back to quoting from Lightfoot in her little press release, Chicago Moves endeavors to provide much-needed relief and ease some of the pain. By subsidizing the cost of gas and transit, this program will enable participants to save their resources for other critical expenses. Chicago is a city that moves. People have to be able to get to work, school, places of worship, medical offices, grocery stores. The goal of this program is to help make those moves easier. Now, of course, what Lori leaves out is the fact that the policies of President, well, I guess technically we should call him President, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., a.k.a. Barely There, Beijing Biden, a.k.a. Hansy Feely, Creepy Uncle Joe, uh, well, the policies of Biden and other Democrats are largely to blame for that inflation that she keeps talking about, and even more so, the current cost of gas. I mean, we're talking about big government spending policies here that will likely only add to the inflation, not alleviate any of its burden. Likewise, cardholders will quickly run out of money on the debit cards. I mean, $150, if you've got a mid-sized to large truck, you may not get a single tank completely filled if you wait too long. Biden recently lamented that the American people believe that government spending has caused inflation. Well, you know, you can lament that fact, but it is a big factor, Joe. That's how inflation works. But Biden made sure that he got, got a little fussy. He had his angry old man voice, and he says, I'm sick of this stuff. He barked that at House Democrats back in March uh, in reference to Americans who had correctly assessed the root cause of their economic woes. 
Biden claims that big government spending policies are not to blame for rising uh, rising inflation. But even, even the Associated Press has said that Biden missed the mark. It's just not true. The policies of this administration have not only been a clear factor, but a major factor. The AP said specifically, quote, government spending has been a clear factor behind rising consumer prices, though it's not the only one. So, yeah, there's also the gas policies, not just the government spending. Back to quoting here from uh, the AP. But the problem is that Biden pumped more money into the economy than it could handle. Administration officials said before the relief package was passed that the greater risk was to do too little to help the economy than to do too much. The implicit risk was inflation. So the trade-off was faster hiring and stronger growth. But is that really true? I mean... Honestly, the growth has only led to more log jams. It's caused more issues in the supply chain because there has been more hiring. But the problem is a lot of people who have been hired, they show up for a couple of days and they're like, you know what? There's a lot of other great jobs out there. I don't have to put up with anything I don't like. Or maybe I could go do something with less responsibility and still get paid three times, four times what I would have been paid to do that before. I know personally three people who have engineering degrees that are happy doing menial work because they're now getting paid roughly, uh, I think actually one of them is getting paid about 30 cents more an hour than they were making uh, as a base rate salary before at their engineering job. And it is menial work. One of them is even in fast food, believe it or not. And they're happier because there's not as much responsibility. And they know whenever they want to, boom, I can just leave. There's literally no stress. You cannot stress them out in these jobs because they know they can walk away. And a lot of people are uh, taking advantage of that. So uh, the, the faster hiring was because of the shortages that were also artificially created by the Biden administration when they allowed them to have way too much extra money. So it's like, why should I go back to work? Why shouldn't I stay locked down at home? I'll blame COVID. I'll say I'm scared, but I'm really just sitting around the house watching Netflix. I'm getting caught up on all the Netflix programming because I've been paying for the subscription, and I only see about half of the stuff that I want to, and I rarely get back around to it because I worked for a living before this. And now I'll get caught up on all this stuff. Hopefully hopefully they'll come up with something really great. Uh can't wait. Oh, what's this? What's this crazy thing? Uh, a Tiger King? What is that? Ooh, I'm watching the next episode. Time to binge. I mean, that's, that's practically a reenactment in a lot of homes. I'm sure it sounds familiar to some folks. Anyway, back to the article. Biden, Biden shuttered gasoline production in this country. He did it through numerous regulations and and comments that indicated that he and his cronies would prefer to shut down the industry completely. 
Secretary of Transportation, everybody's favorite former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, Pete Buttigieg. Pete even told Americans this past Sunday that, uh, quote, until we achieve a form of energy independence that is based on clean energy, the U.S. would still be vulnerable to wild price hikes. Except we didn't see wild price hikes when we were carbon-based energy independent, did we? In fact, the prices were still going down until the day Biden was sworn in, was installed as the new regime, and started signing executive orders, killing the Keystone XL pipeline, and ending uh, the efforts to sell leases for development. Yeah, but yeah, there's still 9,000 leases no one's using. Yeah, Joe, we, we get your story. We also know that that might technically be true, but exploratory leases, it's not quite the same thing, is it? And you have to get uh, new permits to actually start drilling if you do find something. Uh, so you can't really use the lease you have if you found something. If you can't get the new permit, which you haven't been doling out, hmm, yeah, 9,000 unused leases. Uh, maybe just a little out of context. Anyway, back to Miss Lori Lightfoot. She is now pumping even more money into the Chicago economy. Taxpayer dollars, I will add. This will, like any other big government spending program, exacerbate inflation trouble. I mean, that is how the economy works. I know some of the folks on the left don't know any better, and others on the left are still trying to collapse our economy. I, again, I don't know which Lori is, but if you guys know her well enough to know, uh, yeah, please shoot me a message. Let me know. It's, uh, it's not real clear, by the way, what Lightfoot plans to do when these cards run out of money either. I mean, it doesn't sound like they're really very serious about it because they're – asking you to put in an application. They're going to give so many out at a time, and your your applications are going to be picked via a lottery. And again, right now, given what gas prices are at here in East Tennessee, and we have better prices than in lots of places around the country, I can only imagine Chicago's prices are probably close to a full dollar more than what we've got here. How many gallons do you get to put in your tank before $150 are gone? I don't know what the public transit costs are up there at the moment, but uh, I don't know how long those cards would work either. Doing some quick checking here. It looks like the average price of a gallon of gas in Chicago. All right. looks like. I'm sorry, this is a fun thing. I'm Googling uh, as I do the show. Okay, Chicago's average price of gallon per gas regular is four dollars and eighty-two cents. Okay, so I uh, wasn't too far off. It's not. It's just not entirely a dollar more. Uh, the average price in my neck of the woods right here is like four oh nine at the moment, and that's actually uh, come down just a bit from where it had been. It had been up to four nineteen for for regular, uh, the low grade. So uh, yeah. Uh, so let's let's do that. Uh, considering that uh, that's the average price at the moment, uh, small car size uh, typically they'll hold about 12 gallons of gas. So if prices stay the same, or 
wildly fluctuate, as Buttigieg indicated, is possible. That means that a gas card holder will only be able to fill up their tank about two and a half times. They'll be able to fill up their tank about two and a half times before they max it out and spend their full $150 allotment. And then what? See, I, I don't think Lori's thought that far ahead. And uh, granted, still 150 bucks for the average citizen who may qualify for this is still 150 bucks. That's still money they didn't have to spend, except it's still money they're going to have to end up paying for in some fashion because the city's taxpayers uh, are putting that bill. And not just the 150 that those individuals might be spending, but the 150 everyone else is spending. The millions of dollars. Uh, that previously wasn't part of their budget. So, guys, it's it's going to end up costing you probably way more than any of the benefit would be. But uh, we're talking about Chicago Moves. Uh, the program it's kind of kind of appears that uh, it's going to continue moving Chicago in the wrong direction, at least economically. But hey. Never let a crisis go to waste, right? That, that is the mentality. I believe it was someone else who was serving as mayor of Chicago at the time that that was made a popular saying on the left again. All right, we are once again perusing past the halfway point of the second hour. My, how time flies. Let's go ahead and uh, take that mid-hour break. And I got one more story that I wanted to get with tonight. It's, it's not a major uh, story across the board, but it is certainly worth taking a look at. Uh, meanwhile, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after this very brief break. Come on, man! All men and women created by gold. You know the you know the thing. You're a lime dog faced pony soldier. I got hairy legs. As the people of the United States wake up, the great reset against us will ultimately fail. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, the egotistical Klaus Schwab, founder of World Economic Forum and its annual Davos Conference, said... Quote, Corona Chinavirus Scandemic provides a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine, and reset our world. Unquote. Klaus Schwab also professed that he and his merry band of globalists will make us poor and make us like it. Huh. I say it's not going to happen because we the people are waking up and refusing the globalist agenda. Now regime figurehead Joe Biden said, quote, Ukraine war will mark the start of a new world order, unquote. But we the people are saying no to that madness as well. Americans are rapidly waking up and recognizing that they are being played by the leftist big government media complex. The wicked chaos of present times, which is a direct result from the elite's bad ideas and policies can no longer be covered up. And we the people are increasingly refusing to put up with or tolerate the evil mission of destruction being plotted against us and our republic overall. Thus, we shall exercise our unalienable right to reestablish and enjoy life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So help us the true and living God. I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Break it down in layman's terms. So 
Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically, that's wrong. Everything is awesome. We have the ability to see what can be, unburdened by what has been, and then to make the possible actually happen. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name is Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. Rise and shine, sleepy Joe. Now's the time, don't you know, to get into a new kind of dream. You can rest your head. On the corner of your bed, you can watch the world go by. But you're never gonna see what the other people see if you're always gonna be a blind dog faced pony soldier. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! Thunderdome's simple. Get to the weapons, use them any way you can. I know you won't break the rules. There aren't any. There was once upon a, a time that to be a Republican in this area of the country felt a little bit, by, a bit like being Gary Cooper in high noon, out, outnumbered in a big way. But I remember the story of a fellow who was running for office as a Republican and he was in a rural area and it wasn't known to be Republican and he stopped by a farm to do some campaigning and when the farmer heard he was a Republican his jaw dropped and he said wait right here till I go get Ma she's never seen a Republican before <laughs> so he got her and the candidate looked around for a podium from which to give his speech and the only thing he could find was a pile of that stuff that Bess Truman took 35 years trying to get Harry to call fertilizer. <laughs> so he got up on the mound, and when they came back, he gave his speech. And at the end of it, the farmer said, that's the first time I ever heard a Republican speech. And the candidate said, that's the first time I've ever given a Republican speech from a Democratic platform. <laughs> from the news and with uh, a little bit of historic speech giving from the Gipper himself, Ronald Reagan, a.k.a. Ronimus Maximus. All right, now, while we are on a little topic of uh, many great people in history, I'd like to remind you that I am not one of them. <laughs> I, I don't think that I had to push too hard to remind you of that. But I would like to someday remembered for having done something good. And maybe that one good thing that I'll be remembered for doing is introducing you to the fine folks at Flavor and Fire. Actually, that's Fire and Flavor. I got it backwards. So now I lose all credit for what that is, unless you go visit it. So, 
as you go visit Fire and Flavor. What you'll be able to do the easiest way if you're listening to the podcast is to um, check out the uh, link in the show description. Uh, please, if only part of the link is live or if none of it is live, copy the entire link and paste it in your web browser. Again, that way they know I sent you. Uh, if part of the link is live, you will most likely have enough of it that you can get to the site, but they're not going to know that I sent you. Now, maybe that doesn't matter so much to you. And you know what? I, I wouldn't be mad at you. I'm probably not even going to know, right? But if you would, I would greatly appreciate it because that way, should you make a purchase, I get a small little tiny finder's fee for getting the two of you together. And that'll go to help support the show. Uh, that's really all I'm asking for is to turn that win-win. Uh, you get introduced to all the great things that Fire and Flavor have to offer. Uh, you just might find yourself uh, ordering on the regular from them. And I couldn't blame you. They've got some great stuff. With this. I'm a fan of their seasonings. Uh, I, the Hero Grill system uh, is very mobile, very versatile. It's. I was really surprised at how easy it is to use. But the seasonings they have available, the dry rubs in particular, fantastic. I, I highly recommend you can check them out. Uh, and given where things are, if you decide you need to bug out and go live in your secret cave or your bunker somewhere, uh, the Hero Grill system is something that might still come in pretty daggum handy and won't cause you the same trouble trying to uh, <laughs> trying to grill out any other fashion. So might not be a bad idea. Anyway, uh, just check it out, and if you're listening on Terrestrial Radio or if you're thinking about it later after the fact and don't remember where you even heard that link, maybe you'll remember to come visit me at Tap Into The Truth. So just type in T-A-P-P into the truth, all one word, dot com, and from there you can scroll down past the, uh, on that homepage, scroll down past Recent Guests section, and then you will see banners and buttons that will take you to a multitude of locations, anywhere from uh, stuff at Amazon to uh, places like My Patriot Supply and the Hero Soap Company and Fine Tuxedos. And, of course, we're talking about, well, we're talking about fire and flavor. So uh, just go check them out and visit it. And now I'm subconscious of taking extra time to make sure that I'm saying them in the right order since I got them backwards to start with. All right. I, I had been reaching out on the regular to uh, Dan Perkins, and I hadn't gotten much in the way of a response in a while. Well, I finally got a response from Dan, and he says that he had been continuing to send the songs and stories for Soldiers Veterans Tip of the Day. Uh, obviously, somehow or another, my email address got left off of that. Uh, he has not started uh, sending me new ones yet, so I'll have to remind him. But uh, evidently, he had had a serious series of health issues. So he's been kind of out of action for just a little bit. Uh, he's trying to get back into the swing of things, and uh, he wanted to make sure that I was aware that uh, he had been hospitalized. For those of you that are inclined to say a prayer or two, I would ask that you include Dan Perkins in those prayers for his continuing recovery uh, and uh, a restoration of his health uh, in a speedy fashion. And I'm sure he would appreciate that as well. Uh, he did ask when the next time we can get together so he can be back on the show. Uh, so I would imagine at some point in the near future we're going to work something out to, to make that happen. 
Uh, also, I know I've had a few of you uh, guys asking me when's Ron going to be back on. And, uh, you know, uh, we had a uh, situation where we're supposed to have a set day where we get together and record a conversation and then gets on to the next broadcast. But we have just had a series of scheduling conflicts that has kept us from doing it. But we will try to get Ron back on here real soon as well, for those of you that are uh, interested in that. I uh, just want to make sure that you're kept inside the loop. And uh, in the meanwhile, uh, be sure to check out the Ron Edwards American Experience. Uh, you can probably find that in a lot of places where you can find podcasts. You can go to theronedwards.com. Uh, it's probably the quickest way if you want to see everything he's up to. And uh, if you listen to the live broadcast on Sundays, most Sundays I am joining him there. So you'll still get a chance to hear us together. Uh, his show, a slightly different tenor than mine, but still a great show, well worth the listen. He always has great guests, and he is doing uh, his one-hour bit Monday, well, actually, let's say Sunday uh, through Friday. Uh, Monday through Friday, he starts at 3 p.m. Eastern, and he's on a multitude of platforms. And uh, then on Sunday, it's a 5 p.m. start. Uh, of course, all those times being Eastern, because that's the time zone I'm in. All right, so uh, just just stuff to be aware of. Uh, also, don't forget, if you want a chance to win a copy of A.J. Rice's new book, The Woking Dead, uh, drawing will be in uh, early August. Uh, start sharing links to this show or links to the pre-order page that is listed in the show description here, along with tagging me and mentioning the book, and mentioning the platform you're listening on, whether it's the last frequency or if you're listening on Stitcher.com or, or if you're listening on KYAH or wherever it might be. Just make sure that you tag me so that I can easily track your efforts. There's a, uh, a, there's a series of social media platforms that uh, you can do this on. And uh, just, uh, you know, a little bit of effort. That's all. Help spread the word. All right. Before I run out of time, uh, there is a story that I definitely wanted to share with you guys and discuss just a little bit. Uh, there is a black father of a child at an elite public school that's facing four Class three misdemeanor charges for accusing a leftist education activist of exhibiting, quote, grooming behavior. Now, these charges stem from a dispute over education policy between parent Harry Jackson, just so happens to be a former naval intelligence officer, whose child attends Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology in Fairfax, Virginia. So it's between Harry Jackson and Jorge uh, Torico, I probably butchered the last name, uh, a member of the TJ Alumni Action Group, which was advocating for abolishing an entrance exam to the school at the time. Now, the tweet was written in November of 2020 after Jorge attended an online TJ PTSA meeting. So that's 
parent-teacher something-something meeting, uh, despite not having a child in the school. So that should raise a red flag right there because this is still supposed to be between parents and teachers, uh, not non-parent activists. But he was there, and despite not having a child, and uh, he interacted with the student government president, a high school senior, and when he asked the student leader about outreach he was doing uh, for a middle school leadership event. In the chat, he wrote, quote, outreach is very key for equity. Now, the student president also asked for uh, Jorge's email. The next day, Jackson, a high school football and lacrosse referee, wrote on Twitter, quote, it was a very disturbing a very, it was very disturbing seeing you exhibit grooming behavior. I do work with children, and I get background checks. I suggest you do the same because last night was creepy. Now the uh, TJ principal, uh, Ann Bontatapas, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Ann. I, I don't want to butcher your last name, so I'm just going to pass right by it, and I'm just going to call you Principal Ann. Hope you don't find that disrespectful because I'm trying to respect you by not butchering your last name. Anyway, Principal Ann also expressed concerns about Jorge's interaction with the student in a November 23rd, 2020 email, saying, quote, the original question that was proposed by the parent about selection for the leadership summit would have been best addressed to the middle school principal, not to our uh, student Government Association students. An exchange such as what happened on the Zoom meeting, while all within the public eye, is proof positive why FSPS has clear guidelines for which platforms are used for adults to interact with students. Now, Jorge, who I call him uh, Jorge because I don't want to butcher his last name either, uh, did not immediately return a request for comment filed through the TJ Alumni Action Group. So uh, these charges, going back to the parrot, however, they come even as Fairfax County Professor, I'm sorry, not Professor, Prosecutor, see, I'm stuck in the education mode. <laughs> the charges come as the Fairfax County Prosecutor, uh, a progressive who narrowly won his primary election with the help of funding from the boogeyman, George Soros, has pledged not to prosecute minor crimes that disproportionately hurt people of color and routinely declines to pursue crimes that he deems as being minor, regardless of what the law says. Last month, however, his office let off a woman who allegedly violated, uh, I'm sorry, allegedly violently abused an infant. On March 8th, the office told the judge that it would not pursue the woman because, quote, there are no uh, ACAs, those are prosecutors, available for the four-day jury trial beginning on March 20th. So I didn't have enough people in my office to pursue it, and I'm not going to ask for a continuance or a rescheduling. Now, Fairfax's all-Democrat school board ultimately abolished the entrance test uh, that was uh, being discussed here back in early 2021. Uh, Jackson and other parents uh, through a group called Coalition for TJ, uh, filed a lawsuit alleging that the move was illegal and discriminated against Asians. Jorge and the TJ Alumni Action Group supported the school board. On September 23, 2021, 
Jorge went before a Fairfax County magistrate and filed two criminal complaints against the father, Jackson. He called attention to Jackson's role in suing the school district, writing, Harry R. Jackson is a plaintiff on two lawsuits against FCPS. Now, Magistrate Richard M. Miller issued two misdemeanor summons against Jackson, citing Section 18.2-417, which is an obscure law that was enacted back in 1950, making it illegal to, quote, slander and libel the chastity of a woman. In the 1970s, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled against the criminalization of speech protected by the First Amendment, but the Virginia statute has remained in code. In 2020, the Democrat-controlled Virginia legislator changed the language to make it illegal to express words derogatory about a person's character for virtue and chastity instead of a female's character. So the summons said Jackson's words would break the law by being insults that tend to violence and breach of peace. What? Jackson's attorney argued that uh, this amounted to the criminalization of protected writings or statements, First Amendment speech, ignoring the face-to-face -face fighting words requirement of the constitutionally permissible criminalization. So as it continues, we end up uh, knowing that what we're looking at is a leftist trying to use the courts to silence a parent standing up for the protection of students and to try and prevent the school board from doing things that are beyond its legal authority to do. The parent's standing up doing the right thing. Former naval intelligence officer, excuse me, this guy is an American hero, not a criminal. Virginia, you're still messing up. You need to get your act straight. If you live in the state of Virginia and you're still electing people that are pulling these shenanigans, wake up before you don't have a state that's worth living in anymore. That's going to have to be it for tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for being here as always. Thank you. Don't forget to participate in our online uh, uh, contest to try to win a free copy of A.J. Rice's upcoming book, The Woking Dead. And remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And uh, yeah, one last thing. Hey, Joe Biden. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, let's go. Hey.
gun control is using both hands. Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep. To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep. Stalin, Hitler, Mao, Amin, and Pol Pot. They told us things that you never forgot. Is using both hands. Well, I prefer the three oh eight to the tiny two to three. Gives me more than a thousand yards to protect my family. using both hands. <laughs> <laughs>